Good morning. Nice morning, isn't it? All right, here we go. Just for the children's sake, because this is going to be interactive today, you're going to say some things back to me, I forewarn you. You may want to go home now and come back for the coffee. But, uh, okay. Um, but for the children, you could do something out like, like this in your sheet of paper. Here is something that my wife drew earlier on. I'm incapable of drawing such neat things. And you might like to fill your, your thought bubble with thoughts that make you happy. All right? Thoughts that make you happy. I hope you have some happy thoughts that, that not all. Uh... And on the other side, it's blank, but on the other side of your sheet or another sheet of paper, as I begin to teach, maybe we'll discover what thoughts about God made David happy. Because David's very happy in Psalm 138. Okay, what thoughts about God made David happy? And there is inside your sheets, uh, notice sheets, an outline of what I'm going to try and say. Okay, so David was probably, I don't know, sitting in a quiet place and he was thinking. Uh, my dad had a thing on his office door. Sometimes I sit and thinks, and sometimes I just sit. Well, David was sitting, and he was thinking. And eventually, he wrote out what he was thinking. And Psalm 138 is the result. And as I've said to you, they were happy thoughts. And he was probably, I don't know, singing to himself. He was a musician. Now, sometimes he had sad thoughts, and sometimes he had angry thoughts, and sometimes he had fearful thoughts, and sometimes he had guilty thoughts. So I, I'm, I'm aware of that. But actually, normally, if you read his Psalms very carefully, most of his thoughts were happy thoughts. Now, I don't know what makes you happy. What makes your heart sing on the inside when you think about it? So here's interactive uh, part, adults included, don't worry, you know, you can murmur something out, I think, or shout out if you're really of that disposition. So what makes your heart sing when you think about it? Could be anything. Come on, then. Please. Who? The sun. Okay, we, we're happy there. What else? Who? Beauty, okay, that's fine. You're not referring to me, I don't think, there, Jess, but that's all right. Beauty, happy thoughts kicking around here today, is there? Who? Dogs, all right, well, good. Uh, somebody's got to like dogs, and I'm glad you do. Animals, okay, that's good too. Having a baby called Camille. Six pound eleven ounces. See, I was watching the screen. Okay, all right. Yes, it was in Mummy's tummy. That's right. But it isn't now. We won't go into all. We're not going into the biology today. What makes you sing on the inside? Maybe it's a favourite meal. Maybe it's a birthday treat this week. Maybe it's good family life. Maybe it's a great book. Maybe it's an exciting film. Maybe it's good work. Maybe it's a finished project. Maybe it's a new room. Maybe it's a holiday. Maybe it's visiting England from France. 
So what did, why did David sing on the inside as he sat wherever he was sitting? And I have to say, what made his heart sing was God. Look at verses 1 to 3. I give thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart before the gods. I sing your praise. I bow down to your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. So what about God was making David happy? Well, he gives us the answer. And here it is. So you know what to put in your little thought bubbles. God's steadfast love and God's faithfulness. Never ending, never dying love. God knew the worst about David, and David knew that. But the amazing thing that David discovered was that God just kept on loving. When I was seven and at school, believe it or not, many years ago, a little girl came up to me in my class, and she said, I don't love you anymore. Well, I didn't even know she did love me. So there you go. So I wasn't too broken-hearted, I have to let you know. I wasn't into girls at seven. What was making David happy was that God always loved him. That God never turned up one morning and said to David, I don't love you anymore. That's good, isn't it? But how did David know that God was full of steadfast love? Well, God says, I've exalted above all things who I am, my name, and my word. So God wrote in his word, the Bible, that he was full of steadfast, faithful love. So Exodus 34 verse 6 says, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. But David, although he had read that, he discovered it in his life. Look at verse 3 of Psalm 138. On the day I called, you answered me, he prayed, my strength of soul you increased. See, David found it a struggle to follow God and worship God in his life. And he needed strength from God to keep on loving God and worshiping God in the tough days. And because God is full of steadfast love, David had the confidence to pray in the tough days. When I was 13, I was running in a very long road race in the rain in Yorkshire. It was cold and it was horrible. And there was no way I was going to win the race because I was too far back. And I wanted to give up. And you also need to know that not only was I running in this race and wanting to give up, I was a follower of Jesus, making a mess of it, and I wanted to give up following Jesus. Two things in my head at the same time. And as I turned the corner, there on the, the moor side, up above in the sky, was a great big rainbow. And I know what a rainbow stands for. God's faithful love to provide for us as human beings in his world everything we need for life. And he won't destroy the world 
with a flood. And so I prayed. I don't always pray when I run. Rarely did I pray when I run. But I prayed for the strength to finish the race, which I did. And please, God, help me to keep following Jesus for the rest of my life which seems to be answered today, doesn't it? The most important thing about God, my friends, is his character and his word. He has exalted or lifted up himself in his word. That's why the Bible is so important to us. They win the cup. What do they do with the cup when they win it? They lift it up. They say, look how brilliant we are whoever we might be. Well, not Everton. Anyway, never mind. We don't even know what a cup looks like, but never mind. But they lift it up, don't they? It's brilliant. And in the Bible, not just in the created world around us, but in the Bible, God has lifted up just how wonderful he is, particularly his steadfast love, which is just brilliant. I used to sing a little song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Happy thoughts about God, my friends. Happy thoughts about the future, verses 4 to 6. Well, I don't know why, okay, let's go with this, interaction. Other countries, we've had France already, other countries, shout out any country you might have visited or you're from or whatever connection you've got. Let's hear about countries now. Come on. Wales. Wales. It's a country. Oh, yeah, it is a country. Who? Colombia. China. Kosovo. At the back. Little boy. Hungary. Okay, Hungary. I think I got that right. Sorry if I got it wrong. Anybody else? What? Who? Romania. Romania? Did... Okay, right. Okay, Albania. Albania? Cambodia. Cambodia. Oh, sorry. It's, it's my age. It's my age. You know. I could annoy you this morning. I probably am already. Cambodia. Very important, actually. I have a story about Cambodia later. Maybe not. Lots of others. Maybe you've been to New Zealand or Australia or America or southern parts of America or other places. And as David looked at God, he saw right into the future. Actually, David didn't know how far he was seeing. David didn't realize he was seeing until today and, in fact, beyond Wow. You know, people say, where will you be in five years' time? That's very interesting. I don't know, really. But I know where I'm going to be in thousands of years' time. How about that? Listen to verse 4. How shall we... Sorry, no, not that one. I've got the wrong one. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord... For they heard the words of your mouth, and they will sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. 
For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, and the haughty he knows from afar. David, as he looked, because Israel was surrounded by nations, and as David looked at the nations, he knew that God of steadfast love had an interest in those nations. And David knew that those nations were worshipping wrong things. They were worshipping wrong gods. They needed to worship the true God. And so David was telling them. And probably David found that hard to do. But David wanted those nations to sing about God and his steadfast love the way that he did. So why are we interested in nations in this world? Well, we can go and visit them on holiday. That's good. Well, we could go maybe work there sometimes. That's good too. But do we have in our hearts as Christians God's interest in the nations? That we want people in France, Colombia, Cambodia, or wherever else, to sing because they've come to know God through the Lord Jesus and are loved forever. Do a little mission trip this week. Don't stare at people. Don't make it noticeable that you're doing it. It's all in your head. Have kind thoughts towards people because we want the best for people. But do a little mission trip. What makes the people sing on your street? What makes the people sing in our nation, whatever our nation might be? For example, you go to a restaurant this week. Got to be careful with this. But there we are. We're going to have some yummy, scrummy food. And we're with our friends, and that's lovely too. Nothing wrong with that. That's good. That makes us happy, maybe. But then, just look. Will anybody give thanks for their food? The food that we've got from God? That enriches our lives? And helps us taste how good He is? I like to watch animal programs. And uh, Chris Packham is a favorite of mine. Chris Packham uh, has great knowledge about uh, animals and cuttlefish and uh, all kinds of other people, things, and people, and maybe people too. But it's mostly about animals, I have to tell you. And it's great. And he's so passionate about it. And it's so interesting. <laughs> but he never says, what does he not say? We have an amazing creator. Could you imagine at the football stadiums of our, of, our, of our city, the two of them, actually there's three of them, I have to let you know, but I won't go into that. Bill Shankly said that they were cathedrals. Not having a go now. I like my sport. I'm an Evertonian, so okay. People go there to worship.
Now, we, don't, we want people to enjoy their sport and enjoy following their team. But my friends, that is, I'm going to be careful, idolatry. We think there is something bigger and better and more glorious than God. And we're sad about that. We want the nations to sing about God. So City of Light is one of my favorite groups. Not the only one. It's a Christian group in Australia. And they've done some songs. We're going to do one this morning. Jesus Strong and Kind is one of them. And uh, they, they've done that song a few, quite a while ago. But actually in the Philippines, here we go, stick with me, some women were rescued from a very bad situation by the church in the Philippines. And many of these women started to go to church and they became followers of Jesus. And one of the things they wanted to do was sing about Jesus, strong and kind. Remember, they were in a bad situation. So they learnt the song. They didn't know who'd created the song. City of Light heard about this. And so City of Light went over to the Philippines. The women formed a choir. And they sang together. It's on YouTube. Jesus, strong and kind. And they end the song by singing, Jesus loves me. This I know. These abused women. I'm going to do it. I want the emotional connection to go in. Jesus, strong and kind. That's what makes us sing. And the future is one day that all the nations will gather in the new creation when Jesus returns and we will sing. Do you know what we're going to sing? Revelation 7, salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb. That's what we're going to sing. Happy thoughts about the future. And then finally, when I say finally, of course I don't mean it, but never mind. But that's okay. No, it is finally. <laughs> Happy thoughts about God's help in trouble. Look at 7 and 8. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out my hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, notice it again, the Lord endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. When David thought about sharing God with the nations and sharing about the love of God with the nation, he had some worry thoughts in his head. He felt a bit scared. And that's what verses 7 and 8 reflect. The trouble that he was going to experience was trouble because he was worshipping God. And so that's why the steadfast love of God is so important. Because God never leaves us. And he will help us share the good news about Jesus to the world around us. He won't abandon us. He'll keep on. He'll finish the good work in all our lives. He'll finish the good work in bringing the nations to know himself. And he'll one day finish the new creation and make it new. He will not abandon the work of his hands. We really are nearly finished, I, and you've done extremely well, children. 
The last race of the World Championships was the women's 4x400 relay race. Fem Femke Boll got the baton for the Netherlands on the final lap. You can find this on YouTube as well. It is amazing. She was in third place, a long way behind the Jamaicans who were first and last. If you're from Jamaica, not trying to put you through it. And coming around the last bend, towards the straight, there's the finish line. Venkabal was still third. But she didn't abandon her pursuit of gold for her team. And the last few strides... And you watch it back, you think, no, she's not going to do it this time. She's not going to do it this time. That's how it goes, doesn't it? But she wins. And Steve Cram for the BBC, because I was watching it on the BBC, he shouted out, well, it wasn't probably a shout, in my, in my range of voice, not a shout, but anyway. Femke Bowl is amazing. Happy thoughts about God. Happy thoughts about the future. Happy thoughts for days of trouble, which I proved this week for myself. Happy thoughts in a cubicle in A&E with your dad. But all of that comes together in Jesus. Jesus wrote, Run the race of worshipping God the Father out of love. Jesus lived to sing the praises of God and lived to honor him every day. And many of the days that Jesus lived through when he was on this earth were tough days. But God did not abandon him. God gave him the strength to go on. And then the toughest day came. The toughest day of the cross that we all know about. Where Jesus was abandoned by the Father. But in another sense, not abandoned. Because he was able to cry out in the last strides of it all. What did he cry out? What did he cry out? Finished. He won. And then he has done a lap of honor since. Because he's come alive again from the tomb, hasn't he? And he's now reigning above us. Yes, he is. And he's coming back again in all his victory. Yes, he is. Jesus is amazing. So maybe we should say that. Now, you maybe want to murmur it. That's fine. If that's your dispensation, you murmur away. We're not judging you. You may want to go a little louder or indeed entirely loud. But I think we need to say today, the happiest thought, the happiest place for all of us, big or small this morning, even with our sad thoughts, our angry thoughts, our guilty thoughts, our other thoughts, the, the ultimate is Jesus. Jesus is amazing, great sinner. We are with a great Savior. Oh, are we going to go for this? I'm not sure. You don't fill me with confidence, but anyway, never mind. Here we go, with me. Jesus is amazing! Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the person, the church, the nation that takes refuge in him. Amen.